You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen, and I'm running solo today as I introduce you to part two of our interviews with realtors. In case you missed part one, Jen and I were at the Missouri Realtor Spring Business Conference, and we set up shop, taking the show on the road, and asked realtors for their best advice for home buyers and home sellers. And this is part two, where we've got some great advice coming your way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay, excellent. So stopping by with us now is Jeff Kester. Jeff, thanks so much for taking a few minutes with us. Um, uh, Tell everybody who you are uh, and the market you're in and a little bit about some of your service past to our industry. Well, yeah, I'm Jeff Kester. I'm currently the Associate Executive for the Greater Springfield Board of Realtors. Um, I was uh, an agent and a broker and a buyer's agent and a, a trainer and a I, I think I've done everything in real estate. Grandpa except, real estate here. Yeah, except uh, for property inspections because I don't go under or over houses. I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely Too with you. Too many creepy yeah. crawlies. Yeah. But I, I that, have a body built for radio, yeah. so I get it. So uh, I got involved in, in realtor advocacy in our local board and uh, ended up the uh, the COVID president in 2020 of Missouri Realtors. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, um, that was absolutely fantastic. So what we're doing here, so this is uh, Get Real KC. This is the podcast that we provide for uh, consumers, buyers and sellers of homes. Uh, we're all about education and transparency. You have a wealth of knowledge of what's going on, but you're down in Springfield. So let's start out by just giving us an idea of uh, what your perception of the market in Springfield right now in the in general area. Well, you know, the, the market is great if you can find things. I mean, we continue with that, just the typical real estate market of, of the continued inventory crunch, which is keeping prices up because there's little alternative. And although transactional numbers are down, inventory is down uh, as much, if not more, in some areas. So um, it, it is a good but, but challenging market. And just like everywhere else, I think affordability is a yeah. is a huge ongoing issue. If those first time buyers have nothing to buy, it prevents everyone else from from moving up. So um, and it, it you know, uh, again, as you know, a, a realtor advocacy nerd, it really hampers our efforts to continue to spread the message of the American dream because it has become unattainable for more and more people as time has progressed. Right. I mean, and, and just a big picture of that for all of our listeners, and I know we talk about it generally, um, but when you think about the American dream, right, and whatever that is for you, but, you know, the traditional, you know, 1.3 children and a white picket fence and, and all of that stuff, um, we know that real estate is the best generator of generational wealth and when people are having to suspend or delay the time they get into that wealth building because there's no affordability for first-time home buyers forget real estate market forget whether a real estate agent is making any money or not or all of that it's just really bad for the country yes as a general rule and so there is a big picture here to why this is so important so thanks for bringing that up um, 
Uh, let's and I do think, you said white picket fence and all of that, but I do think that the American dream is going to look different in terms of ownership moving forward. You know, we've got a lot of those markets that are condo markets. And Missouri traditionally has not been that condo market, but that is a real vehicle for people to start to buy. And so I do think that we'll see that more and more, probably not in our rural areas as much, but some of our urban uh, cities, St. Louis, probably even Springfield is going to start to see some of that because I think that's a real viable solution as development moves forward and as we incentivize some of those projects potentially for our future home buyers because we want to make sure that there is something there to house them even if it's not that white picket fence even if well, it's not yeah. that three bed one bath well, or whatever I, that looks like yeah, so yeah i mean you it's can put a evolve, right? picket fence around a block of air <laughs> you know? yes absolutely uh, I mean, well and this has been this has been a, a a real message in springfield uh, because, as you said, in, in Missouri, in the Midwest, we're not big condo markets. Springfield is really not a condo market because the the white picket fence and I need my, you know, quarter Sprawl. acre. And, you know, it, I'm going to mow the yard on Saturday and listen to the Cardinals or the Royals or, or whatever. It, Chiefs. It, well, <laughs> you're going to mow while you're listening to the Chiefs. You I do in August. Well, okay. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we've had a real issue with the very idea of density that, you know, in, in Kansas City, St. Louis, other bigger markets hasn't been a real issue um, as much. And we're, we're struggling with that. So in Springfield, we took two uh, committees, economic uh, development and community outreach, uh, which had been primarily focused on charity and put them together into a community development committee. Oh, that's so and awesome. And put it under the advocacy umbrella to work with neighborhoods and work with our city governments uh, in Springfield and in our in our blossoming suburbs uh, and, and work on some of these issues with regards to density. And then, um, you know, when you, so Springfield is usually a smaller version of Kansas City, kind of the same uh, market. Yeah, dynamics. you're pretty close to us. Yeah. You're only about three hours away, right. maybe give or take a little bit, depending on what area of Springfield. Right. And you have one of my favorite stores, PFI, that is now Cavender's, yes. right? Of yeah, course. Absolutely. That's all. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. I can't yeah. But miss that place. <laughs> but I digress, squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but we, so we've got this huge potential housing stock in Springfield of our, what I call our heritage neighborhoods. Right. Which are now underutilized, you know. Part of it because we're a college town, but Springfield has hit 60% rental now. Oh my, wow. okay. And so there's this, you know, this huge potential stock for that American dream or in which to place more density. And so we're working with civic leaders. We've got a great city program now called Restore SGF that is working in those neighborhoods. And, and of course, one of the dangers is, is uh, that you actually displace people that have historically lived in those neighborhoods. So we're trying to find that that magic balance. But but so there is a there's a real key and and that's the key to 
to realtors being involved in this process. Yeah, and 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 I think that's a you know a lot of people will will ask or will be curious about uh, why does this matter and why does this matter to you, Eric? Because all I really want you to do is help me list my home, and I'm like, well, here's why it matters is because there has to be people looking at the big picture. There has to be people looking at uh, broad strokes for the future. And uh, you you have, I mean, I met you back when you were president here at Missouri Realtors in, in the COVID years, but you've always been a great representative of that. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I am going to dive down now into the details, though, because we are certainly a consumer education podcast. So, um, and you've got a wealth of experience. So, I love you, your depth on from having been just a salesperson, right, yeah. to a broker, to the Missouri Realtors president, and now to an association executive to that to help other agents, which is a big. Oh, that's yeah. a big responsibility, and it's and, been quite a journey. I yeah, say what a journey! Yeah, it's, it it's is. Fantastic. It's so cool, though, and it does give you such a vast level of experience to help others. So, so we're going to ask you to, to dig in and try to pick out two or three of uh, the, the best nuggets that you can think of on the spot here, to, just to advice for buyers and sellers of residential properties. What do you, hit us uh, up. So uh, the, the, the big obvious one is find a dedicated, knowledgeable realtor. Uh, I, we've heard that so many times, and I think we can't hardly say that enough because it's just such a, it, consumers don't know what they don't know. Well, it it's. You know, so I always go back to a study that was done several years ago that I was told about that that women uh, outpace men significantly in the return on their investment portfolio. And the number one difference in that is that women were more likely to seek professional advice and counsel when they were investing. Oh. And in a world where... Residential real estate is the largest single investment that an individual or couple or family are, it, it, it will ever have uh, in so many cases. Not seeking a knowledgeable, caring professional uh, is is becoming less and less of an option now. Now, I really love the way you say that because I'm a little more blunt and a little more rude. I love knowledgeable, caring professional because the reality is, and we don't like everybody... But the reality is, is that we know that there's agents out there that don't fit that bill. And so Jen and I are constantly saying, right, to our Kansas City market, like, oh, of course you should be calling us, right? Smile, wink, wink. But if you don't, we understand that. We're not perfect for everybody. And it's not like if the entire city called us, we could handle all of business anyway. But there are good ones out there and you have to work to find them. That's important. That's So that's we've heard that advice. Thank you for bringing that. There was no cue card here, folks. <laughs> and, you know, 5% of the agents are doing 95% of the business. You know, and it's I can't imagine that it's a lot different in Springfield. I don't know how many agents Springfield has now. But in Kansas City, we have, you know, 13,000 plus agents. And so when you break that down... There's only 5% of those 13,000 licensees that are doing 95% of the business, that are doing a lot of transaction, know the 400 touches that we have in a real estate transaction. There's a lot. It's complex, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to really date myself and refer to the movie Wall Street that <laughs> came out before many of your listeners was were born but you know there there were I, there's I'm a, with you. there's I, also two kinds of you know there's there's turn and burn and I I just want yeah. I want a transaction and then there's the long term folks and those to me best embody the realtor spirit because we want clients for life right so that that means that we have as as realtors 
they're going to invest in a property, we need to invest in them. And so if I'm a buyer or a seller, I want to find the, the realtor who is going to invest in, in my future, uh, you know, emotionally and intellectually and, 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 and just care yeah. for human beings and their futures as much as I'm going to take care long term of this property. Um, that true win-win mentality has, has got to be present. And so whether you're a buyer or a seller, don't do anything until you've checked that first box. You know, it's it's funny because I know you have that passion. I am an extremely passionate about it as well, which is, is, uh, and I know uh, you, you'll find the realtors that'll talk this talk. You got to find them that walk the walk, which mm -hmm. is simply mm -hmm. the any money I'm going to make on this transaction. And trust me, I'm not against making money. Right. Oh, but I'm any, all for making money. Yeah, but yeah. any money I'm going to make on this transaction is truly subjugated to making sure this is the yes. right transaction for you and I'm helping you the best I humanly can. And you know and what's interesting about that too is I've had a number of clients over time that I always have to say, I would love to help you sell this home. They've called me in to sell this home to find another one. But in reality, what we need to do is finish your basement. Uh, oh yeah. And so let's get you to the right contractor that makes this your dream basement. Because what I'm hearing you say is, if you finish this space, this is perfect for you. And a lot of times they're like, yeah, but I thought it would just be easier to go find another house. And in reality, it's my job to say, I'd, I, again, I'd love to sell you a house, but it's actually probably right. not going to be easier for you. And they finish it and they call me and they're like, I, I don't know what I'd do without you, Jen, because this is perfect for us now. And, you know, they're loving the home that they're in and they really loved the location and everything else. And especially with this market that we're in, boy, I couldn't have made it that easy for them. Right. Well, and that really, to me, segment seg ways into the other big point which is slow down which isn't always my mantra uh, <laughs> you know, you know, it's, uh, not always my nature but I before you you rush into a decision as a buyer or seller sit back and contemplate this because there there is uh, there is that long term. You're you're not going to just be here. This is not a, a short term rental situation. I mean, you're not going to be here for a week and then move on to another place. Right. This this has way more uh, facets and and implications than just where am I going to live today. If you get a realtor who 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 cares about that, at, at the same time you've got to care about that too. Uh, if I'm going to sell my house. Where am I going to go? What's my plan B if the timeline for my next house and the sale of this one isn't, uh, it doesn't line and, up. And perfectly. in this market, constantly I'm having that conversation. You know, and that's a conversation I always yeah. had with sellers. Okay, yeah. so what's, if you're, if you are moving to another house in our, in, in this local market, what is the plan B for if those timelines don't. So you've got to sit back and not, you know, I've, we've seen people recently in the market, you know, they've, they, they've, they've felt themselves in a situation where they've, they've, they want to waive inspections or they want to waive appraisals or they want to, you know, they, they, they've got to make that offer the most right. attractive. Yeah, absolutely. And it really scares me to death oh. when people do that. <laughs> I have, uh, uh, so my, my current buyer, he's, I, I love him, and he, we just had a conversation early on, and he's like, I will never 
wave inspections. And I went, that's awesome. Now, he's done a, in, in our documentation, he's done a box one where he said, look, my, I won't renegotiate. My only option is to walk. But he still wants the, he still wants that, and and so and, and we've just had that discussion in the market. That's going to uh, make some homes unattainable for you because of competition, and he's really cool with that. But these are great conversations we have up front, so that he has those expectations. This is awesome advice. I was invited by our local women's uh, council to speak to that. This was probably ten years ago, and she said uh, the president said I want you to talk about negotiation, and I said. I don't know if that's really the best topic for me because I think so many times negotiation gets way overblown as a term. And and, and sometimes we find agents that it's kind of like that Rice Krispie commercial where the mom spent, I mean, how hard is it to make Rice Krispie treats? But yet then she sprinkles the flour on her face. So when she, you know, brings the Rice Krispie <laughs> treats that, out to her yeah. family, you know, it looks like. So somebody... Somebody needs to buy more than somebody needs to sell or someone needs to sell more than someone needs to buy. And the market dictates some of this. I don't ever think that one needs to abandon the win-win concept and never deal from weakness. So if, if you look for that win-win, if you, if you acknowledge that some of these conditions are set before the battle, and I'm using air quotes here, right. uh, even begins, um, it really takes a lot of that stress and noise out of the transaction, and a buyer and seller can, can calmly find their, their position and go forward with that, okay, let's get everybody to win mentality. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that ties in with your first piece of advice, right. which is to find a great realtor that's going to help you level set before you get into the quote unquote absolutely. battle yeah. of negotiation. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, no, that's fantastic. Hey, Jeff, I can't appreciate, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I could probably appreciate you more, but I, I can't tell you how much I, I don't I know about that. <laughs> we appreciate you, Jeff. You're we pretty do. amazing. <laughs> we do. But uh, thank you so much for stopping by and this, taking this some was time. Big, this is, that was great for my ego, so thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Wait, can we start every morning with one of these conversations? I, 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 I mean, I can call it. you every morning for a little while, Jeff, but Jen I don't know. You can tell me how you know experienced and knowledgeable and excellent I am. And well, you are, so <laughs> it, it fits. It does well. All right, until next time. Thank you. Okay, and we're back, and uh, Brenda Oliver has stopped by and given us a few minutes. So, Brenda, thank you so much for stopping by. Tell everybody, all of our listeners, who you are, what market you're in, and uh, we'll ask you a little bit about your market. Hi, Eric. Thanks for being interested in my thoughts. <laughs> we all are, of course. <laughs> I've been a real estate broker in Odessa, Missouri, for my entire life almost, my entire career. I'm also an appraiser. Um, I, I didn't know that. Yes, oh. and I kind of keep that a little bit hidden because it sometimes creates a conflict of interest in my uh, small market. Sure. Odessa is a town of 5,500 people, but we're the largest community in Lafayette County, which is a 30,000 population county. And the good news and bad news about my market is um, we are still rural enough that everybody likes to have land and they have their horses and cattle and hunting dogs but we are the first county outside of Jackson County so we're we constantly feel the the pressure from 
um, metropolitan dwellers that want to move out and have a more rural lifestyle. And we have a sort of a conflict between county government, which regulates the planning and zoning, right, and the market pressure that most of us in the real estate industry feel that we want to provide housing and small tracks for this this pushing right. market to come out and and so it is a definitely a tightrope act a balancing act trying to have planning and zoning understand the needs for growth because without growth we have no funds no tax for infrastructure you know, I think as, as the as the Kansas City Metro expanded, I think a lot of communities felt this, and then I think it continues to expand with population growth. I spent uh, 13 years, I lived in Grain Valley. And so it had already had a lot of uh, more urban-minded residents by the time I was there, but I could still see that struggle going on, particularly um, and and uh, I was just out there recently, but particularly like north of I-70 versus south and everything I, in Great Valley. I love so. how you put that. That's a tightrope act because we're experiencing that in Smithville as well. You know, I live up north on 20 acres. And so in my area, we are seeing a lot of people pop in and they're still getting those three to five acre tracks. But in town, you know, they want to rezone and redevelop what has been agricultural land for housing due to the increased demand in housing and people wanting to move to the community. But you're right. There is the balance of the people of the town combined with you know more density and the city government and boy tightrope sums that up perfectly so so tell us about your perception of the market in terms of you know how swift is uh, are you suffering housing shortages do you think like the rest of the uh, of the state anyway or what's going on in odessa uh, i think long term i see that my market in lafayette county is all has continued to be a reflection of what we see nationally and what's reported um, from our resources at the National Association of Realtors. We have much, much greater supply than we or demand for housing than we have supply. And a big part of that is creation of new households. Um, while we don't see a lot of traditional marriages and families starting, we have lots and lots of uh, people forming family units and they all need a different house. I usually tell people that list with me that you have no way of knowing where your buyer's going to come from. They could ha need a house because of a relationship change, forming a family, uh, someone dying, passing away. And disbanding a family, yeah. yeah. A, a job change, mm -hmm. retirement, um, second generation, or adults moving back home with the children. We see lots and lots of that where uh, we want a bigger house. Multi-generational families. Yes, yeah, multi absolutely. absolutely. Families. And so that continues to keep a steady pace because there's nothing more uh, consistent than change. That's right. <laughs> and so there's always going to be people to buy a, a house. The trick is to make it competitively priced with other things that those same buyers are looking for um, when yours is on the market. To well, make it I, can't, I can't tell you how many times we've heard that today as we've asked uh, people have been so kind to stop by, which is pricing your home as, as a lister is just so important. So. And, uh, and why would a listener know what, I mean, what a listing person, how would they possibly know what their real estate's worth? They don't see um, 
any consistency in demonstration of other sales. And so for them to rely on the data that an, a listing that a realtor provides to them is I, that's the that's oh. the reason their place will sell or it won't sell. Yeah, I mean, case in point, I've got a listing coming up, and on the same block where this person lives, there was a sale at two ninety nine, and there was a sale at one sixty. And he's like, I don't know what to do. So uh, it, it's we really had to hone in on that, and I yeah. went through and looked at so many listings, so many photos, yeah. the whole zip code as a whole, and what sold. I mean, yeah. we we really went in depth on it that was, one. That happened to be a pretty complex evaluation, but I think you're right. I think you know how would how would you know that? So that's clearly sort of a piece of advice, but let me just ask specifically, uh, both for buyers and sellers, so a couple of different pieces of advice, but uh, what is, uh, you, we, I, I know you have a wealth of experience and to ask you to pick out two or three nuggets of advice is probably kind of hard, but uh, you know, maybe some advice that for, for sellers and buyers in our market, what would be your top tips right now? One thing I would advise sellers is not to be um, entrenched in their ideal price we've got and i hear so often we've got to get x number of dollars out of this because we want to retire to florida and houses down there are more expensive if if you can articulate as the listing agent or coach for that seller per se that coach is a great word the value that your house is going to bring has nothing to do with where you're going to go or what you're going to replace it with that's two different decisions to so true so come to grips with what the market will pay for your property that and be realistic about it um i, I come from a family that doesn't think about the value in dollars of especially farmland um they're on multi-generational farms that they never think how right. much money is it going to take me to move out of here or right. should this spring and so I try to balance um, my opinions with with understanding the conditions those people have been raised in and how connected they are to the land because being an appraiser my whole life has been that's worth X number of dollars because I know six people that will pay that for it and that's what the value is not the yeah, and, and so sometimes that's a really hard conversation, as you were is. saying, which is is the 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 reality, sort of the hard and cold fact, and then how do you express that in a way to a client where you know they're not going to like the news, um, or maybe they'll be wildly surprised about the news because it's been in the family for so long they had no clue it was worth that much, but to do it understanding the likely emotional set or the emotional stance that they're in as that news comes to them. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think that's that's really key for people who are looking at the market and who are reading. Oh, this is the you know this house that I bought like you know two years ago for one hundred fifty thousand. I'm going to sell it for four hundred fifty thousand this year because you know the market's going nuts. And you're like, eh, we've we, we've got to manage some expectations here. Yes, absolutely, and that that is the challenging part because these are people that I've known for forty or fifty years, and I don't want them to think I'm telling them what to do, but right. to give them the pieces of the information that they can then hopefully intelligently um, parse into a decision that's financially feasible and um, morally acceptable to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's but, that tightrope act you talked about. It is. It is. But, you know, something that I've seen year in, year out, I've worked with so many realtors that have had success in their careers. And I've, 
I've worked with lots and lots of flashes in the pan that go to three classes and they are now the expert. I think the realtors who care for their clients and um, take a personal interest in doing what's gonna benefit their family situation, they're the ones that stay in the business, they're the ones that keep the referrals from client referrals, not necessarily referrals from other realtors, but they keep their pipeline full by generational uh, referrals from family members, and that's the kind of realtor I want to be. I want to I want to be the realtor that Grandma says. Now I know you think you can buy a, a house, but you really need to talk to Brenda because she's taken care of us for years and years. Your realtor for life. That's one of the yes. the slogans that I have sometimes. Is that you know now two decades in the business myself, I've had the opportunity to help families through different generations. Matter of fact, one of the gals that works for us, Stevie, I remember when she was still in high school from working with her dad because he was an investor client of mine and I saw her get married. And I remember when her husband was not her dad's favorite person and now they're best friends. Yeah. Those are the kind of stories that help a realtor um, know how to best coach clients into the decision that's a, a prudent Yes, choice for them. It yeah. is. It's so it's so wonderful. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic advice, and and a theme that also we've heard, which is in some measure make you know vetting your realtor choice to make sure that they fit that bill. And you said, Brenda, I want people to uh, think of it. Well, you are that realtor, right? We don't we know that, right? So we've been. I've I've had the luxury of knowing you for about three years now, and you've always been wonderful to me. And so I'm sure that, and and theoretically, not that I would probably work in Odessa. Theoretically, I could be competition, and you've been wonderful to me. So I know you're great to your clients. And one of the other things I want to mention about Brenda is she's had such a tremendous career of service to our industry. I remember when you were, you know, women's council president, and I I did the local chapter women's council president. So you mentored me there, and then you were the Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors president, which Eric may or may not know that. That was before me. So. And then the Missouri Realtors president as well. So you have led a life of leadership and a life of service. And I cannot, I mean, you have meant so much to me mentoring me in the past two decades of my career and in my leadership journey. So thank you so much for all you do for our industry. Well, thank you, Jennifer. And I could say the same back. I've gotten so much more from you than I feel like I've given. Aww. I just had this conversation with a, a longtime friend walking down the hall about how many times we've, how many years we've come to these meetings. And uh, he said, I thought about not coming this time. And then I thought, you know, I want to see so-and-so and so-and-so. And I haven't seen her for a year and I want to catch up. And it does become like a big family reunion. Yes, it does. Yes. And, and from a client perspective, when we say, hey, if you're going to be working outside of my, if you're moving out, if you have a friend who's going somewhere, and, and this isn't just within the Missouri-Kansas region, because, of course, you guys both are very active nationally as well. This is how we meet realtors that we know are going to be great recommendations for you. So be sure if you are moving out of our Kansas City listening area, that's a podcast so you can listen from anywhere, that you're asking your trusted realtor for a referral to somebody that they have met and they know is going to take care of you as well. So, oh, absolutely. Right. Good, yeah. good idea. Yeah. Good tie in there. <laughs> Thank you so much, yeah. Brenda. We appreciate you. Yeah, you're thanks welcome. for your time, Brenda. Bye-bye. So joining us now is Rachel Barnett. Rachel, thanks for taking a few minutes to help us out. Uh, 
tell our listeners uh, who you are, where you're from, who you work with, what okay. market you're in. Sure thing, Eric. My name is Rachel Barnett. I'm a licensed realtor with Reese Nichols out of the Tri-Lakes area, which is primarily Branson and surrounding areas. And I've been a licensed realtor for, I guess, I'm in my ninth year. Ninth year? Yeah. Fantastic. How, uh, what's your perception of the market right now in the Tri-Lakes, the Branson area? I think it's in a transition period. Um, you know, I mean, there for a while, a couple months ago, things certainly slowed down. But now what we're finding is that these same buyers that need to find a place to live in, they can't afford to rent. So once they kind of got over that culture shock and the news telling everybody that, hey, rates are way too high, uh, things are kind of settling down. And what I'll say is back to kind of seasonal norms. Um, 2022 is a crazy year. And, uh, oh, I don't even know how to compare anything to it, at least in my nine-year tenure, anyway. So you're not seeing that same demand, multiple offer situation, everything that you saw last year? No, not Okay, because we're, we're certainly seeing that in a lot of markets across the state, mm -hmm. as I'm learning now, mm -hmm. definitely in Kansas City, where I'm from, so. Sure. Well, there are exceptions to every rule. Sure, know, but, but uh, so that, part, that's good, that's good to know. Now, um, T tell us about, uh, just real quick, uh, is your market, is there a lot of um, uh, investment, a lot of uh, second home kind of stuff down there a lot, yes, I would yes. assume because of Branson? Absolutely. We've got three different lakes to choose from. And in addition to that, what we find is that, you know, those, I mean, I'm sure you've probably heard short-term rentals or, you know, nightly rentals. They cash flow in such a way that it makes much more sense for investors to buy those. Um, and really in, in any condition and they're redoing them and what they find is that the return on those is so much you know, that they can afford a, a major remodel well even more so than than monthly rental of course yeah right yeah absolutely well yeah no that makes sense um, well let, let's shift though let's talk about uh, your market for people that are buying long term your typical residential buyer who mm -hmm. want to live in the area who aren't doing it for an investment purpose because that's the majority of our audience sure. and so let me just ask you uh, we're asking everybody just a, a couple of tips uh, the top tips for buyers and sellers as you understand it like for your market or just in general so yeah. I, enlighten us what do you have for us <laughs> I would say be sure that you know who you're working with um, you know a lot of people think that they can kind of circumvent or save a lot of money by not working with a licensed realtor and what they find is you know I mean there are numerous occasions where my phone rings and it's somebody that is in the middle of a FISBO negotiation or a for sale by owner negotiation and they're panicking we don't know what to do how do we get ourselves in this position and things of that nature that so that would certainly be my number one the number two thing is don't get discouraged you know I mean we are discouragement is powerful and it can sometimes take over and mandate the decisions that are being made. Um, I would say if you're working with somebody who is as motivated as you are, um, just patience can pay. You know, so no, that's great advice, and particularly like in some of the markets where we're, we're we've gone into this 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 re, ridiculously competitive seller's mm -hmm. market again. Um, is is that patience is is really um, key? It's funny because the, this um, advice is 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 thematic now. We're not holding up cue cards here or anything like that. <laughs> we're just inviting people to come share, and uh, the the choose the realtor uh, some version of that, making sure that they're committed and. and 
and like you said, mm -hmm. as invested as you are, uh, is a very common theme. And then uh, uh, patience and setting expectations also a very common theme. Absolutely. So, what about for sellers? Anything in particular for them? They might have a little bit of an easier job nowadays, but oh, uh, you know what? I would say if you're even considering, if that's even an inkling in your mind, go ahead and maybe call two or three different realtors and meet with each of them. There's absolutely no obligation to sit and find out what your property value is and to find out what those different realtors, how they might decide to market differently. And at the end of the day, we need listings. Um, you know, I mean, and that is kind of across the board, at least in, at least in the Tri Lakes area. Um, you know, I mean, I'm working with a number of different buyers, you know, and for, for those buyers that that same advice holds, holds true, be patient, you know, we'll get there. It's just, you know, right. I mean, you've just got to be tenacious and the agent that they're working with really needs to be tenacious. Um, so sellers, come on, bring it on <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, excellent. Well, thank you. Like I said, it was going to be short. So thank you very much awesome. for stopping by, giving us three to five minutes. And uh, that's some great information from Rachel. Okay. Thanks so much, Eric. Wow. Isn't that just incredible? Uh, just a big shout out from Jen and I to all the realtors who sat down and gave us their time and shared their wisdom for buyers and sellers. We thank you. And I know that our listeners do as well. There you have it. Another great episode of Get Real KC. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.